Anthony used to be so funny and so fucking quick. Here's a guy that would go back and forth with Brian Regan and Patrice O'Neill and Andrew Dice Clay. When I was working at WBAB, I was number one in my time slot, just crushing it. Then I met Anthony, and I even told the people at BAB, man, I got something. I knew right away I had something. I love the one-sided BS. Look, I had my own faults on the radio show, of course. He doesn't take blame in, in anything. Falling asleep on air. All the days he was distracted trying to pick up women on, on, on uh, Pal Talk. Anthony also like had fake accounts attacking me on a regular basis. Like he had to turn this into me against him garbage. He's unbelievable at gaslighting and manipulating. I know everybody wants the Hollywood ending. You're not gonna get it, man. I saw a video of Anthony calling into your show after he got fired and you seemed to get along. Did he do something messed up after that? I'm very behind all on all this. You sure are blue apron. The answer would be that uh, I don't know what happened. We were <laughs> after not talking for two years after he got fired for his racist uh, rant. Um, uh, we we started talking again and it was going well. And I, I had a vision that we could somehow keep the brand going, maybe in a different way, uh, not not doing a full time show anymore. But certainly there was enough there to get get something going and keeping the brand going. And then out of nowhere, he just started hating on me again. And, uh, and that was the end of that. <laughs> was that before or after he made Twitter accounts uh, mocking you? Yeah, Anthony also like had fake accounts attacking me on a regular basis. Like this is all the stuff that has been coming out because what's really interesting is I, he's, he pissed off a few uh, old listeners and uh, a few of these people have really given me some real good inside dirt. Um, and I know they're credible. I told the pal talk story, I, I think it was yesterday or the day before, and he also had uh, fake accounts just literally attacking me, like, <sighs> crazy. God, I, I'm, uh, but we were doing great today, Paul R. I don't care if Ann likes my beer show. I have no respect for the guy, so I don't care what he likes or doesn't like about me. If I needed some advice on being a racist or chasing very, very young girls, then I'd be like, oh, I know who I, I could uh, trust on this. I'm going to call him. But as far as like what he thinks about what I'm doing, about my beer show, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't give two shits. Literally don't care. Ooh, that's harsh. Yeah, it is harsh. I don't think people have uh, paid attention to all the garbage and the crap that Anthony put me through uh, for a very long time. So, yeah, it is harsh. <clears throat> this, the Internet's littered with Anthony uh, trashing uh, so much stuff of mine. And then, oh, he likes my beer show? Go after yourself. I don't care. Rants about caring. I, all right. You know what? You, you got me. You, you got me. My point was I don't care about what he thinks of, of my beer show, and I was ranting about that. <laughs> so I guess you're right. Wow, we got, a, we got ourselves a psychologist checking this out today. 
You're not going to beat me with psychology. I took all sorts of psychology classes in college. I'm fascinated by people and how they think. You're not going to get me with that psych 101 garbage. I, I don't know what to say to you. I go through my life, like, I, I don't think about uh, the Opie and Anthony stuff. The only time it comes up is on these live streams. It's the only time. I have no desire to ever do a radio show with Anthony again. Okay? And I love the one-sided BS. You know the stuff that Anthony would have to admit to, uh, to even bring us to the table? But you would have to admit something. Shut up. Ah, I know everybody wants the Hollywood ending. You're not going to get it, man. I don't give two craps. I don't. Uh, here, I'll put it on the big screen. I don't give two craps. I don't have respect for either one of those guys, so why would I care? If you don't respect someone, I don't. why would you care what they have to say? Now, I'll tell you the truth. Here's, here, here's, some, here's, uh, here's some truth. If Brother Weez talking me and saying some really god-awful things about me and uh and the person i was right i would be incredibly incredibly bummed incredibly bummed but this is how it works in life if you don't respect somebody and they're talking about you why would you care there's no reason to care at that point oh i came across the opium anthony cd yesterday cleaning out my cd collection right on that thing holds up the Dementor World CD. It's it's such a shame, man. The amount of shit we just didn't do, the amount of money we left on the table, and what are those things? Oh, I know why though. I can answer my own question. So we put out a CD in Boston, Dementor World, and then the problem was that me and Anthony got so so famous, which obviously was a really really good thing, but it prevented us from doing certain things because. Now we had more eyes on us. And one of those things was um, putting out, you know, more CDs. The Dementor World CD, when we were up in Boston, that thing actually charted on music charts, CD charts around, uh, around the country, even though we were a local show. But that thing broke through. And uh, people were buying it all over the country, even though they didn't know who the hell we were, because the stuff on there was really, really funny and edgy and... Very, very different for the time. And then we moved to New York. <clears throat> Man, we start crushing it down there. And then I'm like, yeah, it was me again. I'm like, you know, we got to put out another CD. So I worked on it really, really hard with this, um, with this uh, production guy. This thing was unbelievable how funny it was. I think it was way better than Dementor World. And I'm proud of that Dementor World CD to this day getting excited we're thinking oh my god we're gonna sell millions because now we're really popular so the lawyers come around they're like ah you know we want to take a listen to that cd before we uh we put it out i'm like oh here we go here we go like no no there's no worries there might be a maybe there's might be a small edit or suggestion or we might you know we might want you to to take a couple tracks off the thing but you know it's a double cd don't worry we hand the CD and the double CD to um, to the lawyers. It was going to be called Cringe. The artwork, by the way, was fantastic. Me and Anthony, early days of Photoshopping, 
looking really grungy and naked and homeless in the subway system of New York City. I mean, this thing was going to take – this thing would have been amazing. Lawyers came back day later, two days later. We're like – they're like, we can't put this out. And it was, it was literally – this is what's so frustrating about lawyers. It was literally bits – that were already on the radio. So we had to follow FCC regulations. So everything on the CD was already heard on the radio. I'm like, what do you mean we can't put it out? Oh, my God. We'll get FCC violations and people will sue with this and that. So that thing, um, that thing was put in a drawer. God, I don't know if it was like. If we were going to put it out around 2000, that's 22 years ago. It was just put in a fucking drawer. Uh, it was so, it was such a bummer. At every turn, the lawyers at these big, big radio companies would just, just make it harder and harder. And, and even with all that, we were able to figure it out. There was no reason. They always thought so conservatively. That's why regular radio is completely dead in the water because they they allow the lawyers to get too involved with the uh, with the content with the product. I don't understand why everyone came down on you. Oh, yeah, I don't. You know, I don't. I don't deserve any of this horse shit. You know, it, it's Anthony and his fucking issues and his stupid fucking brain. And he had a he had a uh, he had to turn this into me against him garbage which is so sad after the run we had and says you changed because of you, your in-laws he doesn't know shit about me the guy never the guy never uh chose to to uh know anything about me my 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 in-laws okay blue collar people from from philly they they changed me see he's he's unbelievable at gaslighting and manipulating he, he's really fucking good at it. But the fact is, Anthony doesn't know shit about me. He's never been in this, this building. I've lived here for uh, more years than I could count. He never gave a shit to, to even meet my fucking kids. He walked out of my wedding with a whole bunch of people. He's a fucking terrible person that doesn't know anything. I mean, he doesn't know anything about me. I changed. He, he, he's... He's the one that changed. We had a fun, goofy show that dipped into politics here and there. Uh, but in general, it was just a fun, silly, hilarious show. And then he he hijacked the entire show for his racist rants. Guy is insane. Patrice going on racist rants destroyed the show. Probably some of the worst radio. No, when when Patrice was, I, I know what you're doing, you sarcastic son of a bitch. You think you think I'm a rookie at this sh shit? You can always pick out one thing that worked, of course. I'm not stupid. You know, I got to get rid of this guy. He's had a, a couple douchey comments. That's what people do. The fact is, see, you're going to get the honesty from me. In general, Anthony ruined our goddamn show uh, going on his stupid racist rants. The first hour of every show for the last few years was him just babbling about black people over and over again. And then... He would seg into his stupid gun talk over and over and over again. And we would just sit there on our hands. Jimmy would sit there on his hands as well. But with that said, of course, when Patrice came in and they went back and forth, that was uh, good radio. I can admit that. Fucking guy thinks he, he got me. What an idiot. Did you ever call him out on air about his rants? No, I did not. I didn't want anything to do with it. 
you know, and I don't regret that. I didn't want to go back and forth with a guy that was just ranting about race every morning. I decided to radio with this guy because he was really, I mean, really fucking funny and quick. Anthony used to be so funny and so fucking quick. He was funnier than just about any comedian that went on the show, especially in the early days. And then next thing you know, the guy, the guy, I guess, let his true self out. And that is a, a guy that is obsessed with race. And he blew off everything else. The laughs went away. The guy would sit there for the first hour yelling and screaming about this and that. And, and, then, uh, and then he brings eugenics. He starts discussing eugenics on our, our radio show. And I, I remember Jimmy that day. We looked at each other like, oh, what the fuck? And then he just started coming in, looking a little tired and slower, falling asleep on air. That's when he would come in. Like, it got to a point the staff would be so fucking pissed. It's like, is he coming in today? I'm like, I don't, I don't fucking know. I would say, yes, Ants Rants kind of did change the show. I mean, it, maybe it brought, it brought probably new people in that shoved old people out, <laughs> you know? Look, I had my own faults on the radio show, of course, but I mean, I, I would, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't take blame in, in anything. Nothing. Oh, my God. Why did you and Ann start to get on good terms and do his show and then things went backwards again? No, no fucking idea. That was that was it, though. That was the last straw. After taking uh, like over two years off of not talking to each other at all, when I started a new show with Carl and Vic and Sherrod and uh, DiStefano, I started taking calls from Anthony. We did about six of them, I think, maybe more. And they went great. They were half-hour calls on both our shows at the same time. It was it was funny. The chemistry was there. And even though we didn't really get along, you could still hear the chemistry. And it was a, a chance to keep the uh, the brand going. And uh, then he – I turned down going there. It wasn't the right place for me. But it didn't mean I didn't want to continue maybe doing these phone calls and seeing where it leads. And next thing you know, he uh, went back to, like, hating – and uh, and that was it. I was like, I, I, this is I can't I can't do this. Like, what are you what are you doing? There was there was no problem at that point. It was promising, absolutely promising. You know, there was a lot of money to be made from Opie and Anthony. So I, I wasn't stupid. I was like, all right, we don't get along. But God, these phone calls are great. I don't have to see the guy. We could, uh, you know, knock out a half-hour phone call, 40-minute uh, phone call, and then we could go and do our, our separate shows, which was made a lot more sense at that time. And that, that would have brought in some uh, – that would have brought in stupid money for both of us. And is very talented, uh, but he has issues. That, that is more than fair. Right there, that is more than fair. I mean, the guy's got to look deep into himself. And just saying that, you know, it'll make him laugh. But it, but it is the truth. He's got some major shit he's never dealt with. I had major shit in my life that I'm dealing with to this day, trying my, my hardest. Because now I got responsibilities with uh, my wife and my kids. But you're looking at a guy that has major issues and never, never did anything about it. And we'll just blame everybody else. Everybody else.
I mean, he gets physically upset when he talks about race. And here's a guy that would go back and forth with Brian Regan and Patrice O'Neill and Andrew Dice Clay. And, and he was the better, the better comedian uh, most of the time in, in those scenarios. And he let all that go, all of it. So he could talk about uh, his obsession with guns and race. I apologize for the nonsense. But it's just, it's just infuriating. I'm not going to be anyone's punching bag. If Ann wants to talk about all the horse shit I did on, on the show, then he's got to start talking about all the horse shit he did. All the days he missed without even really telling anybody if he was even going to show up. All the days he was falling asleep while the mics were on. All the days he was distracted trying to pick up women on, on, on a pal talk. And I could go on and on. There's a, there's a million of those things. So start talking about the bullshit you brought to the, the radio show. Okay, thank you. So now you hate Bill Burr, really. Now people hate Bill Burr, really? Oh, Christ. You, you know what? You, you want to you know the truth? You ready, Aldo? I'm going to give you the truth. Because I'm not anchored down to any of these garbage people anymore. Anthony Cumia was 100% wrong for approaching Bill Burr at the Comedy Cellar. He knows what he said about Bill, his wife, and black people in general. So he was 100% wrong for trying to approach Bill Burr at the Comedy Cellar after having a whole bunch of drinks. There's your hot take. And he should take responsibility. Start there. Take a little responsibility for that. He was absolutely wrong. You know what's so funny? It's like you give your honest take on the Anthony Cumia Bill Burr thing. Anthony was completely, completely wrong. I mean, completely wrong. And then you got these uh, these blind followers that uh, now have to beat the crap out of Bill Burr and attempt to take Bill Burr down. You ain't taking Bill Burr down. You think Opie and Anthony were famous? Bill Burr is 10 times more famous than we ever was. The fact is Anthony was wrong and he should take responsibility for that. It would go a long way in his dumb world. Did Ann call or text you for your big... God, no, man. Even when we were... God, God, no, Andrew. Why don't you want... There were so many little things that Ant never did that also played into the fact that I don't want anything to do with the guy. When we were... When we were um, doing the Opie and Anthony show, he never called me on my birthday or did it. Nothing. Literally zero. Zero. Maybe, maybe he texted me once in our 20 years for one of my birthdays. Maybe. Maybe. No, of course he didn't text. God, no. Hey, Opie, I've always been curious about your original solo shows before Ian came on board. Is there anywhere I can listen to those? Um I mean, it was back in the day. Uh, yeah, I got a whole bunch of tapes from my solo shows. They're in uh, storage. Maybe I could start uh, pulling those out and, and posting them. They will probably sound a bit dated. But I could tell you at the time, um, especially when I was working at WBAB, I was number one in my time slot, just crushing it, absolutely crushing it. People loved my uh, 
my my solo show at WBAB. But now if I play it, I bet you'd be uh, a bit antiquated. I haven't listened to those tapes in years. You should upload those, upload my solo shows. Yeah, maybe I could do that. With a little uh, disclaimer that these sound antiquated. <laughs> Maybe they don't, though. I was always doing something a little different. Um, I had quite the uh, the fan base when I was doing the, the solo show at WBAB. Then I met Anthony, and I even told the people at BAB, man, I got something. I knew right away I had something. Uh, and, uh, I, I said to BAB, I go, look, just, just give her, give us a better slot. At that point I was doing, um, seven to midnight, which was a fun shift when you were younger. And I said, just give me a better slot. Give me uh, afternoons, give me mornings, bitch. And we'll stay here. And, uh, they didn't see it. Dumb BAB. They are dumb, 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 uh, they had Opie and Anthony in the palm of their hands with the main guy that uh, started the whole thing going to them and saying, look, I'm from Long Island. I've traveled all over the place doing radio. I'm happy being home. I got something here. It's going to be called Opie and Anthony instead of uh, Opie. And all you have to do is give me a nice raise and give me a nice, uh, a better shift and we're yours, and they couldn't see it. <laughs> That's like um, I saw recently online. The uh, Bono, uh, he must have posted it because he would be the only person at the time that would have this. But he has a rejection letter from a record company. It's similar to that. Could you imagine? Being the dummy that says, yeah, I don't see it as uh, as Bono is handing in U2's music and you as a record rep go, I, yeah, I, yeah, I just don't see it. Write him a rejection letter. I'm sure if you do a quick search, you can find that online. But a record company rejected U2. Oh, my God. And the same thing happened with Opie and Anthony. All I wanted was more money and a better shift. Here you go, bitches. I know this is going to work. Yeah, we can't do that. All right, we're out of here. <laughs> I got, I had an offer in Dallas. I, I sent out the tape. This was around 90, early 95. I knew that, I knew the damn thing was so good. And we only did a couple shows together. And I, I put some demo air checks together, they're called. And I sent them out. I went to Dallas for whatever reason. I think because they had an opening. And um, Ron Valeri was already sniffing around, and he was trying to get me to go to WAF um, to do nights. And I said, well, I'm working with this new guy. I want to send you a tape. So I sent him a tape, and he's like, well, well, now how about afternoons? So I quickly got a, uh, an offer to do afternoons with Anthony at WAF. And I also got an offer to do, I think it was afternoons at the time, in Dallas. And I always loved that Boston area. So I went to BAB. They, they, uh, they thought I was bluffing. So they kind of called what they thought would be my bluff. And they're like, yeah, we can't do anything. But, you know, maybe we could give Anthony a few, a few bucks, nothing crazy, to have him on your show. And I'm like, well, that's not going to be good enough. And I think they thought I was bluffing. And I went to uh, this guy, Jeff. I don't want to say his last name. He's a good guy. 
Jeff were leaving. He walked down the hall like he saw a ghost. <laughs> I, I remember it like it happened yesterday. He was just like, what? But, but what? What happened? What happened? And then he pulls me in his office. Is there anything we could do? And I go, uh, I think at that point I still said, look, if you match the offer, we'll, we'll consider staying. I can't, well, I, but we can't do that because they had, they had old timers there that, had, that were in those seats for a long time. I buy, yeah, but, but. I'm like, all right, we're out of here. Here's my two weeks, uh, two week notice. <sighs> Dummies.